We are continuing our Don't Be Scared series on today with our five for seven, where these five individuals are going to share some powerful stories and experiences of how they battled fear and what God did in their lives uh, as a result of them trusting him and how it could impact you. And so I want us to take a moment. We're going to celebrate each of these people. Uh, and then we're going to pray and then we're just going to turn them loose. And I want to make sure, I want you to make sure that you know it's, it takes courage to get up here. Come on, somebody. With all these lights in your face, camera, with all sorts of through the week, thousands of people watching all sorts of stuff. It is crazy. And so I want to encourage you to chair them down, to support them, to encourage them as they come up here and they share. Praise the Lord in this moment. So uh, the first person that I want to us to celebrate uh, is somebody by the name of O'Neal who serves on our production team. Come on and celebrate here. No, no, no. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> Not only O'Neal, but also Cola. Come on, can we celebrate Cola? You're going to see them as they come up. Also, I want to celebrate one of the incredible young people in our house. Come on, uh, Pastor Patricia's son. Come on. Nathaniel is going to be sharing on today. And Nathaniel serves in Serve City Kids, and we're so grateful for him in this regard. And also today, uh, one of our leaders who's a deacon-elect, somebody that's going to become a deacon in the church very soon, uh, by the name of Corinne. Come on, can we celebrate Corinne? She serves as one of the leaders of our Connections team. And then the last person that we are going to celebrate uh, today, and I'm excited about him, is a gentleman by the name of Corey. Come on, somebody. And Corey serves uh, in our life groups, and we're just grateful for all of them. And so in this moment, if you will, uh, I want you to stand to your feet one more time. I want to pray. Uh, I want us to pray over this moment. This is a holy moment. Those who are online, I encourage you to share. If you have not done so, invite. Uh, somebody needs to hear what is getting ready to be shared. And then when he comes up, when uh, O'Neill comes up, I want you to chair and shout him down. Here we go. God, we thank you so much in this moment for your power. Come on, pray with me. We thank you, Lord, for the courage and the boldness, Lord, that people would decide to come and to share, Lord God, uh, what you have done in their lives. Bless them, strengthen them, anoint them in this moment to do so. Beat back the plans and the powers of the enemy against this moment. Open ears, open eyes now. Cause deliverance, cause breakthrough and faith to arise. Manifest faith so that fear would be dispelled and you would be glorified. We thank you and we give you the glory and the honor in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Somebody shout Amen! Glory to God. Come on, let's celebrate O'Neal as he comes on this morning. Glory to God. Come on, come on, come on. Let's celebrate and give God praise. Come on. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Look at everybody looking all nice. Happy Thanksgiving. I like that. All right. So, yes, my name is O'Neal. Um, I've been here for about a year now. Um, I do help with the camera ministry. Those of you online, I was working the camera today, so that was me following Pastor. He likes to run from side to side. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've also helped with Surf City Kids and with uh, the life groups as well. And so today we're talking about fear, right? And so for me, I don't have a big grand testimony, but I have a lot of little ones. 
right? Because for me, it's like the everyday fears and the everyday decisions that you have to make, you know? For some people, it's what am I going to go to school for? What am I going to study? You know, this might ruin my life or make my life, right? It could be what job should I take? What career path should I go down? For me, I, uh, I used to dance. And uh, so shout out to Charlene and Greg. I know Charlene's in the house today. Dole Academy. And I know the first time I did like my very first performance, it was this uh, Spanish conference called Impacto. And we were up there and we had been rehearsing for a long time. I was on the team. I'm excited. I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, you get your little bit of nerves when you, when you go up there for the first time. But as soon as you hit the stage, I'm good. And we're all doing the, the moves, you know, boom, cat, doom, 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 step up. I look left, I look right. All right, Jesus, so this is how it ends for me. Okay, I'm the only one that has stepped up. You know what I mean? And I was mortified. And the rest of the performance, that was the only thing running through my head. I'm like, oh, man. All the way up until the next performance I did, and even afterward, always afraid that I was going to make a misstep, that I was going to make a mistake. And that's all that people would see. They wouldn't see that we were dancing for God, that we were listening to gospel music, that there were dope Christian artists out there just that that guy made a mistake, ah, that's why Christians shouldn't dance. That was what's going through my head, you know what I mean? And so, and so it was only afterward that I realized, looking at the video, the rest of it was great. People were impacted, they were coming up to me afterwards and coming up to everybody on the team, like, yeah, you guys did great, that was amazing. And I'm standing there thinking like, these guys are lying to my face, I don't know why they don't just say that it wasn't good. But when I looked at it afterward, I saw that I had magnified that little thing that I was fearful of. And it was stopping me from wanting to even be in the center, from wanting to be a part of the dance. It was, stop it was scaring me from wanting to go forward. Yeah. I continued to do it only because I had faith in my abilities and in the people around me. That's the only reason I moved forward, right? It's important to understand the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. The reason why that's important, we say that all the time, and everybody kind of knows that, but substance is something that is real. It's tangible, right? You can touch it. Evidence is something that is also real, that it's, it's proof. And so if faith is evidence, and if faith is substance, then fear would be the corrosion that eats away at that substance. It would be the fire that destroys that evidence. So it's important to understand this because in the Bible, we're told that uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you guys today that from the very beginning, there's been a warfare. There's no army that, that's in warfare by themselves, right? And so for this saying, the weapons of our warfare, we're not the only ones with weapons. The enemy has weapons as well and has devices. And contrary to popular belief, the enemy is very smart and very powerful and very crafty and very effective. And so it's important for us to understand this and to be on guard. Yeah. Being saved doesn't mean you're immune from affliction. It doesn't mean you're immune from the powers of the enemy. This is why in Ephesians 6 verse 10, we're, we're charged with putting on the entire armor of God, right? And so when we're looking at fear as being the problem, I like to focus on the solution. The solution is faith. In the list of the arm, I'm not going to go through all of them, but it says above all, pick up the, uh, the shield of faith. Yeah. Above all, regardless of all the other things you have, above all, you need to have the shield of faith to be able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Now we might ask ourselves, how do, we, 
how do we get this faith? How do we grow this faith? I'm going to give you a few, a few other scriptures because everything ties in together. Okay? So we know the enemy is smart and is effective. And fear is a tactic that he uses. It's not always to have you become this chaotic, you know, like the most dramatic person in a Tyler Perry movie. Like, sometimes fear is effective just by immobilizing you. If you're a threat, all I have to do is just immobilize you and you can't lead other people. You can't multiply your faith, right? Now, in Hebrews 11, uh, that's the verse with uh, the faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. I would suggest that everybody, the verses I give you, read the entire chapter, understand the, the complete context. Um, as Pastor always says, I could be up here lying to you, right? You don't want to be misinformed, okay? The people perish for a lack of knowledge. That's another lesson for another day. Um, so it's important that we understand that in Romans 10.17, when you study, you start to see certain things. Romans 10.17 Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. Yeah. So if you want to increase your faith, you have to study the word. Amen. When you study the word, you increase the effectiveness of your shield. That's also important because God will give you strength. The Bible says it's impossible to please him without faith. That is Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you're not diligently seeking the Lord, everything comes back to the relationship with God. Christ didn't die just for us to be safe and like, okay, you're safe. Yeah, you, you can go on and you're good. He called us to be a part of his army, right? So if we seek God and we strengthen our relationship with him, then we now have an increased faith. He, he, our, his joy is our strength. You see how it all ties together? If we please him, if we have faith, without faith, we can't please him. Cain and Abel, the reason why Cain failed was he didn't have faith. If you read it, it says Abel's sacrifice was accepted because of his faith. Otherwise, sin waits at the door and it's waiting to capture you. You cannot please God if you don't have faith because you have no defense. So when the, when the darts hit you, you're going to fall into your human tendencies. You're going to fail if you don't protect yourself, right? So the reason why I've given this to you today is because I, wanna, I want to give you all and empower you all with the knowledge that your relationship with God comes first and above, all, every, above everything else. Amen. And we need to study the word. And if we increase our faith, rather than looking at fear, which seems insurmountable, we will now be able to surmount that with our faith. You have God, you get your faith, and then it puts your fear in perspective. Thank you. First, I just want to give all glory to God because as soon as worship hit, that deliverance hit. And for those who prayed with me in the bathroom, thank you. We are going to push through because God is good. So I'm Cola. I'm a poet. That is my gifting. We're going to do something a little bit different. Um, for those who can, I'm going to ask that you just close your eyes. I'm going to read a piece that I wrote um, from my book. And when I'm done, then we can continue. He changed me. Now... I can never go back. February 2014, the doctors told me my child had three days to live. He changed me, 
gave me that peace that superseded all other emotions and rationalities. The doctors had given up, leaving me an empty shell in a room with thoughts of nothing but doom till I realized I only had two choices. Either I die or I surrender. And I've always grown up with an understanding of him, but I've done too many things in my life to cry out and expect his help to win. I lived a life loving nothing but sin. Thin timeline caused my mind to see life is different. Differently is the only explanation for the love I have for my son who saved me. Me turned to we, but I was ready to lay my life down if I could see my baby grow. There's nothing more desperate than crying out, help me, help me save him. My only reason to live has been him. I'll do whatever it takes. Don't take him away. I, please, I surrender. He changed me. The minute I gave up fighting, the minute I asked for forgiveness, he changed me. And it most definitely has not been easy, but I went from wanting to die if my son left to a person strong enough to hold him as he took his last breath. I exhaled the last pieces of my heart, but God's been working hard to build it back through love. He changed me. Jesus changed me. My faith changed me. And even when the hard days come, coming from where I'm from, the day he changed me is the day I stopped holding my breath. With nothing left, I can never go back. Thank you. It was a Friday, and the doctors told me my son was going to die, and I said, God, if you take my son, you might as well take me with you because I'm not, letting, I'm not leave, living without him. By Sunday, um, some friends from university had come, and they prayed over me. And that prayer that that did, that peace that came over me, I, I can't even explain it. It was just this knowing that no matter what happened, everything was going to be okay. A week later, we're out of the hospital. I, that same woman who prayed for me came, showed up at my house, and we just chopping it up, talking about God, talking about relationships. And I told God, you know what? I will give my life to you if you save my son. That's the exchange. We ain't doing this if you don't save him. So right then and there, we prayed, and I got saved. And as we were talking about relationships, I was actually engaged at the time. Um, she said, sometimes the better that you have is not always God's best. I said, ooh, Okay. So I wrote my fiancé an email. I said, you know what? We just got to take a pause on this, and we'll come back to it. By the Monday, God had sent someone to, from Facebook to pray over my house. And by the time she was done praying, she said, by the way, the man that you're with is not for you. I said, oh, okay. I took off my ring, put it down on the table, and I sent a new email. I said, God said no, essentially. And so now I'm staring fear in the face. This is what fear looks like. I had to walk away from an engagement, and they're telling me my son is going to die. But I understood that in that moment that I felt paralyzed by fear, fear paralyzes, love mobilizes. But peace, that peace sustained me. That peace that they prayed over me on that Sunday lasted six months so I could hold my son as he passed away. So... Philippians 4 verse 7, it said, the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. That is the peace that I'm talking about. That is the peace. We think that peace is so cute. We think that peace is just, it's calm and everything's cool, but no, peace is when the storms are hitting. Peace is when chaos is happening, and we still have an understanding that God is with us, and no matter what happens, God will keep us. That peace looks like in the beginning of September, my business fell apart, and I know that God's going to come through for us. 
that peace is like in Mark chapter 4 when the disciples are on the boat and everything is hitting. Jesus said in verse 39, peace be still. That's the peace that I'm talking about. So God put me onto something. September, well, since my son passed, I, I've just been like working and working. I say, I'm just trying to build my life back. September 12th, I had this conversation with God and I sent three specific voice notes to friends of mine. And I said, I choose to live. Not in a suicidal way. But I realized that I've been so focused on hustling, I've been so focused on working that I wasn't really truly living. And so I choose to live. Will you choose to live with me? And what does that look like? That looks like us encouraging each other. That looks like us praying together. That looks like us supporting each other through all the madness, knowing that God will always keep us through everything that we do. And here's the crazy thing. So I said on September 12th that I choose to live. I'm making the decision. On September 14th, Pastor called me and asked if I could speak. And after I hung up the phone, I just broke down crying because I'm like, God, you see me. You absolutely see me and everything that I've been going through. So that is the question. And all of my friends said, yes, they will do life with me, which is amazing. Because that looks like we can continue pushing through. Now, one of the things that I absolutely love when fear is happening is worship. Worship breaks through every single thing that happens. You put on a gospel track, you put on some worship music, you just praise God and you thank him in the moment of everything happening. And you watch that peace come all over you and that fear just trade away. The other thing I like to do is I like to write letters to God. I just lay it all out. I say, hey, God, it's me. I got bills due and I need your help. I just write it all out and sometimes I, wait, I get him to write back to me. And that's how we communicate. And these are the things that you can apply as you're moving forward when you're facing fear because fear will come. But you do not have to succumb to it. You can allow the peace of God to overtake you and let you sustain yourself through life. So as I said to my friends, will you choose to do life with me? This is the question that I'm posing to all of you today. Will you choose life, and will you do life with me? Good morning, everyone. Isn't it a blessing to be alive this morning? Is to be in the house of the Lord? Praise God. Um, as Pastor said, my name is Nathaniel, Nathaniel Dunn. You know, Pastor, I mean, <laughs> son of Pastor Patricia Shirley. And today we're going to be talking about fear. Fear. Fear is an emotion that we're all cursed with having within us. And none of us are exempt from it. I know that everybody, and I know for a fact that everybody online and in this church has felt fear before at least once in their life. Especially if you had strict or Caribbean parents. But <laughs> it's a joke, but. <laughs> but the mistake that. But the mistake that a lot of us make is that we have a tendency to let that fear control us. And we have a tendency to let that fear control us and blind us to the point where we forgot who brought us this far in the first place. Oh, 
And sorry. And you know, Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says, "Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go." Amen. I don't know for a fact that many of us here have forgotten those words, including myself. I know I've let my fear win over me many times when I was younger in various different situations. Wow. Sorry, just thinking about all he's done, you know. And for those who haven't known me long, I should tell you that I was very shy and introverted kid when I was young. And I wasn't one to be confident within myself either. <laughs> I remember that I was fearful of two major things growing up. One of them was getting up on stage and singing in front of people. And the second one was what? <laughs> Sorry. Brain fart. Um but the second thing that uh no perfect people out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sorry. My for the first thing that I was afraid of was just singing in front of people. And the second thing was letting people around me know I was a Christian. I remember and the thing is loving God was never an issue for me when I was younger. I always had family, my mom, my grandparents. They always taught me to be a man, a young man of God. To pray. I'm sorry. To pray, to read my Bible, and just to stand firm in his word, right? But yet I was just so fearful of what people would think of me if they knew I was a Christian. Isn't that interesting? And you know the reason for that was that I didn't want people to think that I looked down on them because I was a Christian. Have them think that I was above them just because I was saved by the Lord, right? And I thought that they would look at me differently because of it. I was scared, it petrified me. And you know, it reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where in the book of Daniel, where they refused to, they just refused to bow down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And, and they were willing to even die. They were willing to die to be, um, to be young men of God, yeah. right? And I always loved that story as a child. And I was angry at myself for never being able to stand up to my fear and let people know. But I was scared because of what people would think of me. I was ashamed of myself. And it's funny because... Around that time, me and my mom walked through the doors of Serve City for the first time. And it was, sorry, we had a guest speaker. We had a, there was a guest speaker, and I remember the basis of his preach was the title of Serve City and how we shouldn't be afraid to serve God. We should never be afraid to let other people know that we are serving God yeah. because we never know who may need God in their life. And you are a walking, talking testimony. And when I heard that, I said, there's no reason for me to be afraid of what other people think of my belief in God because I know what he's done for me. 
And I began, I began to change around that time, right? And that fear of what people would think of me left, and the only thing that remained was my fear of singing. Growing up, <laughs> boy, let me tell you, growing up, I, I was petrified. Everybody would be like, oh, Nathaniel, can you sing like your mom? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it was funny. I was mortified of the idea of singing in front of people because I thought that people would expect me to sound exactly like my mom. And for those who don't know my mother, she's a powerhouse when it comes to singing, if you don't know. <laughs> and... I was just mortified of failing those expectations. And I, my mom would even offer to pay me to sing sometimes. She'd offer to buy me video games and I still refused. I said, mommy, I can't sing like you, right? And she would always tell me, no one's expecting you to sing like me, Nathaniel. They want you to sing like you, be yourself. And I still didn't listen to her. She recommended that I actually join drama class at school, and I started to pursue it. I started to act a little bit, and started to grow confident. It's a talent, right? And one day, mom told me, or told the teacher that my son can sing. Of course she did that. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> and she goes, and my teacher, he told me, He's like, our, our next black history performance is going to be about music. Would you like to sing? And that same fear that I always felt when someone asked me if I could sing came again. And I was angry this time. I said, Nathaniel, why are you still afraid? You can act and you can sing. I mean, you can act and you can sing. Why are you afraid? Like, what, where is this coming from? Where is the root of this? Right? And then a scripture popped up in my head. And it said... God did not give you the spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love, and a sound mind. And when I thought of that, I realized at that moment that God didn't give me this fear. The devil placed it in my heart so that I would fear using the gift that God gave me. And when I realized that, I said, yes, I'm going up there to sing. I was determined to do it at that point. And just to wrap it up, I got on stage, I sang, and if you haven't seen the video, I'm sure you've seen it already. Everybody and their mother knows at this point. Mom showed everybody, but <laughs> I was never afraid again after that. As soon as I got up on that stage, I knew never to let fear control me. Because if you do, you'll never walk in God's purpose. Thank you for listening to me, Tom. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Praise, praise, praise the Lord. God bless you, Nathaniel. So young, but so powerful. Oh my gosh. My name is uh, Karine, and I'm one of the leaders here at Surf City. I'm part of the leadership team. And uh, as you know, we're going to talk about fear today. Um, 
Some of you guys know that I'm actually a very much an introvert. So this is big for me. A lot of people don't realize that, but I'm actually an introvert. That being said, um, some of you may or may not know that um, way back uh, a few years ago, I actually lost uh, my, my husband. And uh, that was a period where fear took a hold of me. And we're talking about fear where you're so afraid you will be thirsty at night and I would not get up from my bed. You know when you have that, that mindset that, you know those covers, like they'll protect you from something? Like, you know, if you come out, come out of the cover, they'll get you. You know, it's, it's not rational, but that's how you think, right? Yeah. So you're so afraid that you're not going to move, you're not going to do anything. So one of the scriptures that used to come up to me, like, uh, like in my mind, right, to encourage me was, uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And another thing as well was the fact that the fear was coming most of the time at night. So the Lord actually taught me this scripture. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Listen, through that journey, I came to realize that fear has a lot of things that it touches. And I'm going to talk about a few points as I'm keeping time, um, my eyes on the clock. <laughs> so the first one would be, Fear is there to make you lose focus. Literally, when you're afraid, you, that's all you focus on. You don't focus on anything else. You only focus on, pretty much, you don't focus on what matters. You focus on how you're afraid. So, that's the first point. Second point, fear is there to make you doubt. When you're afraid, your faith is actually shattered. Just like... Um, Corey talked about, actually, um, JC talked about how you have to nourish your faith. Because when you're so afraid, you don't even think that you have faith anymore. You don't know if you'll make it. You don't know if you'll wake up in the morning. You don't know if the next morning you will be there. So the fear just take over. Third point I'm going to talk about is uh, fear makes you forget God's power in your life. You forget that God took care of you. Remember that accident you came out of alive? Remember when you were praying on your knees? Remember when you were very sick and you didn't know if you'll make it? Remember all those moments when God pushed you through? You forget when you're afraid. All this time, you totally forget. Four point. Fear is there to paralyze you. Literally, when you're so afraid, you're afraid to make any move in your mind and it manifests in, your, in the physique as well. You're so afraid that, can I, like Natalia shared with us, can I really sink? you paralyze. Can I really do this? Can I really talk in front of people? Can I really do this work? Can I really walk? You literally don't walk into your purpose because you're so afraid. You're paralyzed. Fifth point is, fear is there to isolate you. It's like this vicious circle. You're so afraid that you don't share with anybody. Therefore, you by yourself, there's nobody can come and support you. 
or even provide you any help and is isolate you even more. So you just kind of isolate in this fear. Another point is fear does not follow any rational. I remember there were times where I'll be at home by myself, so afraid my two boys will be at school. My younger one will be the one that normally will arrive earlier. And he was only nine years old. But I literally would wait for him to be home for me to feel a little bit at peace because I was so afraid. It's not rational. What would a nine-year-old really do? Like he's supposed to save me? So that's how fear operates. It doesn't follow really irrational. You'd be afraid of things normally you shouldn't be afraid of because it's convincing you that you should be afraid of these things. And the seventh point is fear is there to kill your joy. You know how often you're so afraid that you, don't, you can't even rejoice? You don't rejoice that you have the breath of air? We're all here because God gives us with life. We're all here and strong and able to attend because God has been with us. But sometimes we can't even rejoice of simple things like that. We can breathe. We can walk. You can have a work. You, you, you have a life because God graced you with that. But fear kind of tries to steal that away. So there's things also, there's a verse also that always had come to my mind during that time. In Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's a question that we have to ask ourselves. Because fear will come. We have COVID wave one, two, three, four. I don't know how many waves they're going to have, right? So you never know when that's going to end. So you can't really put your trust into those things. Because fear will come in one way or another. Because there will be always things that will make you afraid of something. You have to put your trust in God. And through faith, you want to live by faith and not by fear. And how you live by faith? You want to go back to the Word. The Word will nourish your faith. The Word will give you the strength to walk through that fear. And will give you the strength to actually continue to go forward and not miss your purpose. And God bless you today. Good morning, everybody. God is good, isn't he? All the time, God is good, and God good all the day, and God is good all the time. Sorry. Well, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Corey Alexander Mitchell. I'm a son. I'm a husband. Proud first-generation Canadian. Also a Malvern man. Yeah, yeah. Big up Malvern. Big up everybody from Scarborough. <laughs> so as you know, we're talking about fear. Now, a verse resonated with me when Pastor Andrew asked me to, uh, you know, speak today. And that verse was 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. It states that there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made, sorry, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. But we love first. We love because, sorry, he loved first. Now this was very powerful to me. And it really resonated with me because when I grew up, I was somebody that was called 
You know, my friends would call me, you know, fearless. You know, a risk taker. I would jump out of a plane. I'd climb the highest tree. I was skateboarding, jumping down handrails, doing all that kind of crazy stuff, you know, where people were usually scared. Now, I, you know, I was cool, calm, collected, had no problem doing anything like that, right? But the weird thing is, I was scared to actually serve God. You know, I grew up in a household where everybody was Christian. My mother was a Christian, my sister, everybody. You know, so I knew God, or knew of him, sorry, but just terrified, terrified for some reason to give my heart to the Lord, even though I knew that was the right thing to do. I knew that all the smoking, drinking, partying, everything I did was not right in the eyes of the Lord, but I just couldn't submit. I, could, I just couldn't, couldn't trust God. I don't know what it was. I was just terrified. And, you know, living my life, I've gone through a, a ton of situations where a lot of people would find it scary, fearful. And in hindsight, I saw that it was actually the Lord calling me to him. Went through things like fracturing my neck in a car accident. You know, like my, my, my truck driving off the road and flipping a few times in ditches and me jumping out, out the car unscathed. Not even a scratch. Car totaled. You know, me going to a party, feeling bullet, bullets whizzing by my head. You know, I was at the party with a girl I shouldn't have been with, and I'm sure that her boyfriend at the time agreed with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know with all those things you know my friends would call me lucky dude you're lucky lucky you're still here you're lucky and I ignorantly agreed with them going you know what I am lucky I ain't scared to die look at everything I've gone through I'll come out on top but I was still Terrified, completely mortified to trust God. Now, about 15 years ago, I started having stomach issues. You know, a medical condition. And little did I know that was actually going to be the starting point of where my conversion started. Now, in between that time, you know, I met my fantastic and beautiful wife. Hand, hand clap for her. And her being a woman of faith, and her parents being people of faith, they, they invited us, invited me actually, let's, you know, to go and, um, you know, go for healing. And we had an opportunity to go to, to Europe, right? So we got a chance to go to Fatima, Portugal, and to Lourdes in France. And they said, you know what? Corey should bathe in the pool in the grotto in, in France and to get healing. So, you know, I had an opportunity to do that. And once I came out that pool, man, I wept. I just felt the, the power of the Lord. I felt the love of the Lord. And I was just so overwhelmed with that. And, you know, when I came home from that trip, still, still, still terrified in trusting God, but just something was different. Don't know what it was, just something was different. So... I started feeling compelled to seek Lord. So, you know, I was, you know, reading my Bible a little bit here and there. Um, you know, watching services online. Surf City was one of them. Thank you to my niece for giving me the link. Um, 
you know, but I still, still was indulging in all the smoking, drinking, and everything I was doing before. But I just, just felt different this time. I just wasn't fulfilled like I used to be. Now, everything came to a head about last year, May 8th, 2020 was the actual date. Um, I, felt, I felt gravely ill. Um, I lost 80% of my blood and got put into a medically induced coma for about five days. And, um, you know, uh, after the five days, I kind of woke up from that. And not knowing where I was, um, you know, I, yeah, sorry. It's just a tough time uh, talking about that. And, you know, so I was in hospital for about a week, week and a half. And only thing that was going through my mind at that point in time was like, I can't get wait to go home. You know, I beat life again. Another one, Corey, fear taker, risk taker, everything. You, you know, you defeated life one more time. You're going to go home and celebrate. You can do everything that you used to do. You're going to go home. You're going to smoke. You're going to drink. Party. Do it up. So I had that opportunity to do that a week and a half later. I came home, and I couldn't do it. I physically couldn't do it. I couldn't roll that joint that I used to roll. I couldn't even pour that drink I used to drink. Physically, I just was not able to. Something was just stopping me from doing that. And, you know, I was going in and out of the hospital three times within that time. And about, you know, the second time I went to the hospital, I... You know, one Sunday, something spoke to me and said, hey, Corey, you know that? Use that Surf City link to go watch service. So I did watch service that Sunday morning, and in my hospital bed, I gave my heart to the Lord. And at that moment, at that moment, I felt the perfect love of God. And that is exactly what over helped me overcome my fear to trust him, right, was because I did receive that perfect love. And from that day and this day going forward, you know, I feel that love and I've been overwhelmed and I, it's just made me be a better person, a better husband, a better son, and just totally engulfed me in his love. So in closing, I would just like to introduce myself once again. Good morning. My name is Corey Alexander Mitchell. I am a son. I'm a husband. A proud first-generation Jamaican. A Malvern man, can't forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a man of God. Thank you. Come on, can we stand on our feet and go ahead and just give God praise for everyone who shared on today. Come on, and can we give God praise for those testimonies? Come on, somebody, go ahead, somebody open your mouth and shout hallelujah. Glory to God.